Hi, this is Tony Ruggiero, the Dew Sweeper. You're listening to the Tour Coach Podcast, giving you insights into golf instruction at the highest level from on the PGA Tour to our learning center at Frederica Golf Club. All right, this is the first on-site tour edition of a, of a tour coach in a while. Sit with my good buddy. It's the first time I've had him out in many a, many a month, Dr. <laughs> Greg Carton. Doc, what's up, bud? It's good to be back out on the road. It's been a uh, long break and always nice to get back. So we're sitting. You know, we've been to a lot of places on the road. This is the first Carabas that we've taped a podcast <laughs> from. Is. We've done a bunch of different things around Frederica and Sea Island bunch of different places on the road but this is the first carabas to ever host a tour coach it is thanks to carabas for having us tonight yeah. uh we have had a few wines you've had a couple uh tequila you, tequila, yeah. tequila so let's talk about i thought you brought up something interesting earlier and I, i'd like to the feel of the event you came down here you said something that was fun uh, interesting to me you said driving down here you expected it to be something different than it was yeah i, I thought you know it, and I think this is a credit to how well the TV coverage has been. Watching on TV, it would take you a while to realize there was nobody there. Right. Like, they did a great job. And then today I was walking around the course, and I kept thinking, wow, this course is so great. And it is. It's a beautiful course, Sedgefield Country Club. Sedgefield's awesome. Beautiful, beautiful. golf course. And I, I, was, I just kept thinking, this, something looks wrong. Like this, it's beautiful. Like, is that? And then I realized, it looks like my home course. There's no stands. There's nobody there. It looks like a regular golf course. And I hadn't seen a tour course that looked like a regular golf Golf course course. ever. What do you make of that? I'm curious about your take on it because now, so for me, from a teaching perspective, now I love the fans. Everybody knows I love the fans and it's fantastic. But from a teaching and coaching perspective, there's been less distractions, right? Yes. It's been more like I told you earlier, like, you know, when the Corona break first happened, like. It was way more for me, kind of like it was six, seven years ago, where I was just teaching regular golf lessons, and and they may have been tour players or whatever, but there was no travel. Right. Right. So, to me, this has been more like, kind of like it was going to U.S. Amateurs with Bobby Wyatt and big college events where there's no fans and those types of things, you know, so it's interesting to me. So, in an odd way some of the things that I do have actually been, been right, maybe easier. Yeah, in a for fact. sure. Not, and the energy's certainly different. And there's no fans is for sure worse, but thankful to be back playing. But at the same point, some of what we do is easier without distraction. Absolutely. I think there's, you know, there's pros and cons to both. And, and again, this is the first time I've seen it live. I think, like, you know, the club reps and the teachers – on the range are enjoying the freedom of walking around the range right and you can hear people talk and it's not like a circus on the range i do think there's some players though that are struggling getting used to the how things look the guys have played so long in, in sort of these stressful environments where the fans are at there's a lot of energy going on and now they're playing almost complete silence so there's two things i want to talk to you about tonight on this podcast first one comes from last week's pga mm-hmm. from paul casey mm who played phenomenal, right? Yeah. What a phenomenal player. And anybody, Kepka, anybody says they didn't know who he was, right? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy, right? Ryder Cup player, unbelievable no, great. career, and a nice guy. Said that it may help him, the crowd not being yeah. there. I but also that. mentioned that it's kind of hard to get up and going. And then the second thing I want to talk to you about 
that I think applies to anybody listening to us is distractions, right? Because right? I mentioned that you have less distractions, and our good friend Mac Barnhart always says, you know, always talks about talent minus distractions equals performance. Right. So I want to talk to you a little bit about distractions. But what's your take on, like, the whole deal of, like, how do people perform? Yeah when there's not sure. what they're used to going on. I mean, I think that's a good point. Yeah, I think there's an adjustment for anybody when you're used to playing in front of huge crowds, and especially at majors uh, where it's a total circus. And you just sort of get in that mode, and especially a guy like Paul Casey who's played in 70 majors. Right. And all of a sudden there's something. So I was, I was really, I don't say surprised, but I, I, it, so I enjoyed hearing that he said this is maybe an advantage for him. Where it's quiet and that was honesty. I it was total honesty because I think you know there's also in terms of distractions like the fans and all the noise there. It's almost like white noise where these guys are good at sort of not blocking it out, but it just becomes part of their environment. When it's quiet, you're much more susceptible to getting thrown off by a random noise, by like a plane or a bird or something crazy, right? Like, that all of a sudden you start hearing all these new things on the golf course, and I think that's probably been an adjustment for, for guys for sure. You know, and guys are hitting shots, and they're not sure if they're good or not up to the green because no one's clapping, and it's, it's just a very interesting scene, and it was really cool to see the first major with no fans, and I, I wasn't there, so uh, I don't know what the energy was like, but I know what the energy is like when there's fans at these majors, and it's, it's unbelievable. I, I was there for the first two rounds, and observations based on what you just said one so walking around you felt way more cautious and people way more noticed if you were walking right when a player was playing then you know when there's crowds you it all blends in when there's crowds you kind of just keep walking yeah right? right and i felt like you almost were more of a distraction being out there watching sure now because there's less people yeah but by far less energy like and i think i don't know that and i and i'd like your opinion on this like maybe the first two three round two rounds i don't know that that's as big a deal mm-hmm. but it seemed like the final round coming down the stretch yeah is where you really expect the crowd and and like stuff like where you know for example and i and i don't you know like when morikawa made eagle yeah. or when he hold out that chip mm-hmm. right on well i think it was 14 like, you know there would have been a roar that would have mm. let everybody else know, but there yeah. was nothing. So you wonder, like, how that would have impacted. That was the thing I was thinking. That's a because, great question. like, if, if he chipped in last year and yeah. there's a crowd, everybody that, in the world would have known it happened. Yeah. Yet the guys that he was playing against had to look at the – in fact, it was Casey yeah. – looked up at the scoreboard and saw it. So pretty interesting in that respect. It was, and I think that's a good example. Like, Morikawa is a kid who is not that far removed from playing all his events with crowds like that in college. Correct. So maybe that played into, gave him an advantage, whereas a guy like Paul Casey or Brooks or DJ, they couldn't feed off the energy. Not that they played poorly, but no, maybe look, it gave this kid a huge advantage because he was comfortable in that environment. And I may be wrong on the numbers. I'm wrong on a lot of numbers a lot of the time. <laughs> Ask my account. But so DJ shoots 68, I think, in the last round. He's the leader going into the last round of a major, and yeah. he shoots 68. When's the last time a leader of the major That's right. shoots 68 That's right. and loses? Yeah. It right? doesn't happen. Doesn't very happen often. very often. Yeah. That's good play. 
it, it's really good playing. And if you'd have asked him, I think beforehand, he probably would have taken, taken sixty-eight. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And it was interesting. There were some low numbers on Sunday, lower than I had expected. Four under, five under. Wind obviously didn't get up as. No, it wasn't windy, but typical course. But think about it. Now that we're talking about it, I think. And I didn't think about this when I was watching, but, you know, this kid, and, and not to take anything away from the kid, he played fantastic. And, and he's played great his whole career, his whole short career, but he's not that far removed from playing big events with no fans. Correct. And you're right. He chips in on 16 for Eagle. Is that what it was? 16, right? He made, six, no, Eagle six. made, made the putt on 16. Sorry, drove 16. the green. Sorry, that's right. Chipped made, in on, I think, made, 14, yeah. 14 for birdie. Eagle on 16 where... The crowd would have erupted, and who knows? Maybe that would have gotten to him. I don't know, but it, it's interesting to, to sort of play it back down, and see, and into uh, after today being there and just seeing how the feel is different. And again, this is a credit to TV coverage. I was watching Sunday with my father-in-law, and we we turned it on and we were watching for a few holes. And I asked him, I said, because I've asked people this, I said, "Have you noticed there's no people there?" And he said, "No, he didn't even notice." TV, just, they're doing such a good job at broadcasting the golf that you really have to stop to think about it. So, But seeing the course live today, that was a really cool thing to think. You know, I've been to Shinnecock, I've been to Oakmont without the stuff, without the grandstands, without the trailers, and how different the courses look. And today, like I was at my home course, like just walking around. Like there were no stands. It, right. it was really cool. Sedgefield's a great, it's beautiful. old southern golf course, yeah, right? It's, it's beautiful. Your old type of Donald Ross type of old country club, mm-hmm. and walking around it today remind me of rounds at the Country Club yeah, of Mobile right. or rounds in South Florida at yep. Old Palmer Bears Club, like where yeah. you're just around a golf course. Yeah, and so it's different. It is. Now I want to turn to distractions. Yeah, because I think this is where golfers of any level could benefit. Like. And, and I've tried to look at players, on, at my players in mm-hmm. particular, because obviously they're the ones I get paid on, so I probably should, <laughs> I probably should pay should attention pay, to pay them. Closer Although attention. sometimes I don't. But <laughs> distractions. Mm-hmm. So I watch it, like how distractions affect them. How does a player eliminate distractions, and how much do distractions during playing golf bother? Yeah, I think at, at this level... This you don't, is the noisiest Carabas we've yeah. ever, taped, ever taped anything in. And it's just you and I. You don't necessarily eliminate these distractions as much as you learn to tolerate them, or they become part of the background, right? And right. I'm, I'm talking more noise, but fans and, and demand, media demands, all these things, these are all distractions, right? So I think what's nice is not having fans and people... Uh, the numbers that are usually here on a Tuesday or Wednesday prior to a tournament, you can conserve a little bit more energy, right? But in terms of the distractions... No autograph signing, none of that. No, you don't have to... There's, there, it's not part of the, the deal anymore. And I think while it's missed for sure, I think there are some guys that are finding it to be a little bit easier to conserve energy on days like today. Uh, on days like tomorrow, the Pro-Am, there's no Pro-Ams anymore. So things are a little bit different. They're a little bit more low-key. I think there's a reason that some of the golf performance has been so high. Yeah, it is could be. there's no, and I'm not bashing pro ams by saying this, but no. guys come in. Most of them, I think, rest Mondays now mm-hmm. because everybody can play Tuesday yeah, and Wednesday, on Wednesday, right? Yeah. yeah. And so you have guys do less on Monday. Mm-hmm. More guys playing eighteen or nine on Tuesday and just nine on Wednesday and resting. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think that has a dramatic effect on how they play. And I think that when you then you then you take the fact that more of the top players are playing every week because the schedule's right. been shortened, field, field's and then they're more rested. Yeah. And then there's less distractions. I think that's one of the reasons you're having such high scores. Yeah, I think I think that's that's definitely had an effect. I think you're right. Not having the program changes the whole cadence of the week. For sure, changes my week, your week, totally. And I think, but I think for some guys that was a, an adjustment they had to make. Like they had to reassess what they needed to do on a week of a tournament. So yeah, now they're slowly starting to make these changes, and I think they're sort of settling in. But there are other distractions. You got to show up and get tested. There's only certain places you can go. You have to have certain credentials, different credentials now to get into certain places. And so, Tour's done a fantastic job. I, I can't oh, stress amazing. enough. Jay and Monahan and all the people at the Tour done such a good job of getting this back up and running in a really safe way where it still feels like real golf. One of the things that's been interesting for me has been, you know, I'm not a very patient person. Right, not not one of my strong suits. Whereas, like, you can't give guy down here is getting chicken soup, but the, the you can't say when you get there you're going to be on the range at noon. You're at the mercy of the testing. That's right, right. Yep. You get tested. So it requires there's a different feel towards. It, it used to be I would show up at an event and yeah. I'd be flying in and I would say I'm gonna land at ten, be at yeah. the golf course at eleven thirty. I'm going to do this, 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 and this, and then I'm yeah. going to go walk. Well, now it's like I'm going to get in at 10. i got to get tested, and then I'm going to figure out what everybody's doing. Right. Like, right? So it's a totally different flow. It and is. it requires, to me, it requires people to be more, one, I think people work together more. Yeah. So, like, we'll use today as an example. So I had texted Lucas, Zach, Bill, and Robbie yesterday, yeah. or last night, Said, hey, I'm landing at 10:15 Greensboro. Going to get tested. Hopefully, be at the golf course a little after lunch. And so I get out there. By the time I get tested, it takes a little longer. But Zach, Bill, and Lucas kind of come to the range about that time. Yep. Hit some balls. We don't do a ton, but then we go play nine together. Yeah. Right. I feel like I feel it's like I stuff. feel like there's a little bit less structure. Yeah. But more people kind of willing to work with each other. Sure. And I don't know if that's accurate in saying that, but it feels like that. I, I think another piece is there's less to do off the golf course. Mm-hmm. So no one's in a rush to get out of here. Nobody's going to eat together. There's nowhere to go. You don't have to get make your reservation at dinner. Like there's nowhere really to, there's nowhere else really to be other than the course and back in your hotel. So I think that's helped guys a little bit be more structured in terms of what they do. Do you think there's any relation to why scores have been so good? It could be part of it, but you could also argue that guys are spending too much time in the golf course. Yeah. Right, and that could be a detriment too. But I, I think the biggest change that is the the idea that you know the Monday through Wednesday is completely changed and it's less taxing on the on the players. I'm not saying better or worse. I just think that it's less taxing. There's less to do Monday through Wednesday, and I think guys are really using that to their advantage, at least right now. And so, and I'm gonna ask you this: This is, this is. I feel like I'm Mike and Mike in the morning asking somebody. <laughs> but like, I also think that's part of the reason. When before would you have seen a week after a major, before a playoff event, that a Brooks Kepka would have come and played never. a win? Right, never, never, right? Because he wouldn't have wanted to do the pro am. 
here he can come, he can go play nine and nine, yeah. rest, get out, right? Sure. I think that I think in a roundabout way this is helping some of the events that may yeah. not have got some stars get some guys because they don't have as much to do and they can focus on the golf nope, and they can play great That's and it true. helps the fields. That's true for sure. I think and and again, to a man, I think every player in the field would prefer to have fans here. We'd no prefer question. it to be the no way it question. was. But they're really taking advantage of the changes that have been made. And I think it's it's great it was great to see. I was really enjoyed seeing what happened at the tournament without knowing what was going on. You think we're gonna go back to normal? <laughs> Million dollar question. I, I think eventually. I just don't know when. I don't know. It's tough tough to tell. But I think when do you think of all the majors, when do you think would be the first time we'd have fans? I mean, they had talked about it. I think once the positivity rate gets low in, in certain places where there's not much virus around, I think they could probably have some fans. I don't think it'll be a full whoever wants to come can come, but I think eventually we'll work back to that. And then I guess maybe once we have some antivirals and some vaccine, that, that'll that start to change. But I, I don't know. I'm not a... I don't think it'll happen this year. Probably probably not this year. Um, I think the... I mean, that's my gut feeling. I don't know anything. But I do anything. think... And I noticed even at the PGA, it seems like, and I know there's not fans, the general public's not allowed to go, but there's more people sort of around. They're letting family. They're letting now. family come. And again, the tour's doing such a good job with the testing Amazing. and and that it feels safe. And people are really being smart. And I think that everyone's chipping in, doing their part to make sure this works. And I think that's important. Look, I think everybody at the beginning of this deal certainly was skeptical. Yeah. Um, regardless of what side of the aisle you stand on. Well, no one knew what, but what to do. You can't, I mean, the job that Jay Monahan and the tour has done mm-hmm. has been unbelievable. It's fantastic. And, and they've been leaders. Like, they've been real totally. leaders. And what's amazing to me is, like, that other sports haven't followed it as well. Mm-hmm. Because what they've And I know golf's a little bit bubble, different. It is, because you're individuals. But there's people coming from all over the place. All over the world. They're not teams. Look, they had they let, they let, so so Trump relaxed the international deal, right? Right. Before the WGC. Yeah. Yeah. And they still had zero test issues, or they had one, uh, Grace, Brendan Grace, test positive in the middle of the tournament. Yeah. But, like, that's been it. That's it. And, and, I mean, that's that's impressive. It's really impressive. And I think it's a testament to how people are handling themselves like everyone's taking responsibility they're being smart people are wearing masks there's they're keeping their distance they're just people are smart and and they're not going to screw it up and i think it's it's been like you know coming to the tournament today and yesterday like you knew right where you needed to go yeah and where you could go very good signage it's been fantastic and it was really nice to to see awesome stuff so we covered a bunch of topics most of it coronavirus tough not back to. to the back to the tour you know i think the thing that i've i didn't realize it till getting out to a couple events but the thing i miss most was my friendships and my relationships with guys like you that i'd see all the time yeah i agree and we 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 would text you and i text yeah. a good bit but like sit talk have yeah. a tequila and a glass of wine don't get to do it as often mm-hmm. 
those are the things you miss. I, and, and I agree. I, and and those were kind of the things to me the most important things taken away. Yep. And I know lots of people lost very important things. I'm not minimizing that, but no. But it's just an example of how things have changed because of all this. And there's right. there's things that you know we've given up. And and but yeah, the tour like I've met a lot of close friends just coming mm-hmm. to events that mm-hmm. I. You know, it's part of my, not just my work, but my social life. Like, right. you, these are friends of mine exactly. that you, you miss hanging out with and, and sharing ideas with and learning from. And, and it's nice to see that that's starting to come back. Yeah. And, I, and, and even in the basic level of things like this where we can go to a Carabas and sit at the bar together. Yeah. Is a positive step. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> it is. It's a positive. It's not too far removed from what we used to do. <laughs> no, not too far. We'd have had more people and a little busier, but we're here at Carabas. No, but it's nice, and it's and even, like, in the restaurants down here, and, like, I'm from the Northeast, and they've been very strict about stuff, but it's nice to see even coming down here in North Carolina. It's There's six or eight people in here, and people are staying apart, and they're yep. doing, they're doing, their, doing part, their part. Doing their job. So nice Everybody's doing their yeah. part. Doc, I'm glad we got to get you down out of out of Boston. Yeah, thanks. It's good to, it's good to get out. I'm going to probably see you next week when I go up there. That's right. But, tour's uh, coming back up. But as always, you've been such a big supporter of all the stuff we do. Such a big part of my team. I appreciate you sitting in. and I appreciate we're gonna have you. Some, we're going to have some fun down the road. We are, for sure. We're going to get through this. We absolutely, absolutely. Thanks, Tony. It's Bye. been great. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Tour Coach with Tony Ruggiero. If you enjoyed this, make sure to hit subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you are listening to this podcast. You can stay up to date because we have weekly episodes coming your way with fascinating people in the world of golf instruction at the highest level. Make sure to subscribe and stay tuned. If you want to learn more about Tony, head over to dosweepersgolf.com to get all the details on what he's up to. Maybe you want to see him, grab a lesson, or go to one of his camps, pick up his book, Lessons from the Legends. You can do that there. If you want to see Tony in action with some videos and other content, head over to golfsciencelab.com slash Tony to get more info there. This episode was powered by the Golf Science Lab and was edited, mixed, and produced by Just Hit Published Productions. As we go into year two of the tour coach, it wouldn't be possible without the support of all our sponsors. And I've had some great ones. And one of the things that I'm most proud of in my career and in my business is the fact that all of my relationships here and all these sponsorships have been long time, long withstanding relationships, haven't jumped from sponsor to sponsor and manufacturer to manufacturer. And I've always prided ourselves in special relationships and when people work together, support each other, and we've all put out great products for the benefits of everybody else. So I want to give a special thanks to these folks that have been with me for such a long time. And that would be the folks at Shrixon, Cleveland Golf, and Zexio. Couldn't ask for a better manufacturer to be aligned with. And not only do they put out great product and great support, but they're first-class people and they believe in what we're doing here on the Tour Coach and with the Dew Sweepers and also Vineyard Vines. Ian, Shep, TJ, and all the folks at Vineyard Vines it's hard to keep me looking good, but they do a fantastic job. And they're like family. They support everything on the Dew Sweepers. And we're so proud to be affiliated with and support the folks at Vineyard Vines. So if you're out there, you're listening to the Tour Coach, please support our sponsors, Shrixon Cleveland Golf Zexio, as well as Vineyard Vines. And keep listening and keep enjoying hanging out with us here on the Tour Coach.